Today on Talk About That, I go pants shopping in Mexico and ponder the real reason women like tall men. Meanwhile, John refuses to moisturize and eats key lime pie in bed. Plus a conversation about secondhand embarrassment, shame, and babies in restaurants. Today's episode is not sponsored by Panera Bread. Where else can you get a grilled cheese sandwich and a cup of soup for only $15? It's go time. Hello, folks. My name is Derek Greer, and I'm reaching out to fellow pastors and church leaders just like you to join me and other Christian leaders and organizations throughout the nation as we come together on June 8th and 9th for National Unity Weekend. Together, we will show the love of Jesus as we serve our communities on Saturday, June 8th, and then preach from a shared text on Sunday, June 9th. To register, go to unityweekend.com. That's unityweekend.com to join us as we unite the church and unite the nation. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org impact. It's the podcast to end all podcasts. Let's talk about that. <laughs> John here with Johnny. I like the sound of that. It's a pretty ominous. Uh, it's too dark. Yeah. Is that the what was it? The war to end all wars? And that what people used to say? Yeah. And which war was that? World War One. That is correct. But did they call it World War One? No, they didn't know there was going to be sequels. See, because that's that's a really pessimistic thing to do. Like, look, we're going to call this World War One. Why you're in it? Like, you. It'd have been weirder to call it like. Uh, like Star Wars did episode four. <laughs> like you start with episode four. Like we know there's going to be. We know there's been prequels. Right. Yeah. yeah. You're going to love it. Yeah. <laughs> you get to see Hitler as a boy. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want get that. to see how he became Darth Vader. And what what did they call it, though, then? The Great War. Oh, that's correct. I only know that probably because of hanging out with you. John, wow. you've, you've broadened my horizons you know what, and all of our horizons. You know what that tells me? What? Uh, the educational system failed you. <laughs> oh, we knew that. We knew that. <laughs> I'm kidding. Thank you for the compliment. Uh, I, take I it. mean, I may have known. I may have known. You know a lot of stuff. Okay, hold on. What started World War One? Wasn't there an assassination? Yes. Of um, some Archduke. Archduke Ferdinand. Ferdinand. Yep. And he was shot in traffic somewhere, right? Yep. Wasn't he like was in his in- carriage? Uh, or in his, was he in a car? He, he was in a car. Okay, early early car. It might have been a car. It's a great question. Yeah, it was 1905. Uh, that would have been, 17. I don't know if he was assassinated in 13. The war was yeah. four, 14 to 18. Well, cars were not very common at all then, right? We don't know when the first, we, don't have, we need researchers. But no, yeah, Archduke Ferdinand shot in his whatever. Yeah, he's Austrian, if I remember correctly. And the the deal was with that war, and that's why you see so much talk about it today, it was about what George Washington would have called entangling alliances. So the, the, the global alliances then, because they had assassinated, you know, one country's leader – than right. the other You've got countries. To sides right. now. You have to now because you're already in a in a treaty or an alliance. Yeah. Come to the aid of your allies. So suddenly all the the world basically in Europe had all these alliances yeah. and suddenly they're all fighting each other. So yeah. I mean that's a gross oversimplification of the causes of World War One, but yes. Well that's what we do. We we grossly oversimplify. We boil it right down. <laughs> speaking of that, speaking of boiling things down. I had a moment the other day, and I don't know if I'm the first person to ever think this, but I'm walking with my wife, and I am a foot, I'm probably 14 inches taller than my wife. Yeah, I think she's 5'3", I'm 6'4", so yeah, I'm 13 inches taller than my wife. And I realize that she always gets the worst angle of me, and I always <laughs> get the best angle of her. Like, when a woman takes a selfie... She holds the camera up here. When a woman does, I think when all people do. That's what I'm saying. Like, people know this is the best angle. The bags and the eyes go away. All the things go away. You're not looking at my nose. Curry must think I'm a goblin. I think this is why. (laughs) Listen, but here's the deal. 
She also knows what I look like for real. She see me in photos, so she knows it's not a real. It's a distorted image that she's getting. But so she's, she's able it's to still put the, more pleasant experience. She's able to put the two together. <laughs> okay, this is not this is not a monster, even though I may see him that way. <laughs> and here's the here's the best part for her. She knows that I always will see her at her best possible angle. I believe, John, this is why women do not like dating men shorter than them. You think this is the reason? I think it's narcissism. I believe they want us to be their little funhouse mirror selfie sticks, walking around, seeing them like little, you know, beautiful princesses that they are. And what happened, it's a distorted, like, I don't know, I do not know what my wife really looks like, is what I'm saying. I would like to and she doesn't know what I really look like. All she knows is, hey, hey, Lurch, you got a booger. That's what she sees. <laughs> she knows the worst parts. I would like to speak on behalf of women everywhere okay. against, uh, number one, your gross misogyny um, to say, I don't know if all women want to look like princesses and those kinds of things. I will agree, you though. You want to be seen in your best light, though. And I, as a gigantic person... But how many lights could you possibly put on you, Johnny? You know I'm, what I'm saying? Yeah, it's not going to get much better, but it's going to get me closer. What needs to happen is to attractive. You need to start wearing like a mirror. I need that's a seven. On, fo- I need. A, I need Curry to either get some platform shoes, or I need to find me a seven foot tall woman, and just move on. <laughs> there, I said it. <laughs> it probably wouldn't work out either. Because then my personality would come out, you know. Oh, even like, if she's like, "Well, he's not bad looking," and then I would speak, and she'd be like, "I'm oh, out of here." Yeah, yeah. this is, yeah. and I'd come running back to Curry. I was gonna say the fact that listen, I I gave into the reality a long time ago. Yeah, that the fact that my wife says I believe her that she finds me attractive. This is nothing but a God thing. There has to be something going on, yeah, in another realm in order for that to be. Well, Albert Brooks used to have this theory that, and he said it, and there's a movie that he did called Defending Your Life. It's about the afterlife. But he talked about it. He's like in heaven or some purgatory in the movie and this waiting area. And he's talking about his problems in his life. He's a very neurotic person. If you know Albert Brooks movies, that's his whole, his whole ethos is he's neurotic. I saw this movie actually years ago. He talks about you should only marry someone who is just attractive enough to turn you on and that is it. Any extra attraction only causes problems. And then she goes, so what are you saying? He goes, my wife was way too attractive for me. (laughs) Because his theory was like, if she's way too attractive, you get insecure. You think other people are going to take her from you because you're not attractive enough to be with this person. Insecurity take. So he had all these theories about it. And obviously it's a joke, but there is something to the idea of like, if you're way too attract, if if you see something there's a way imbalance in the relationship of attraction, yeah, it can cause issues. Unless you're very like uh, mentally whole and you just yeah. can deal with the fact that like, look, I know that she's with me. Look, I make a lot of money. I'm very smart. Whatever it is that you think like put you over the top. But what if you're with an attractive person? Yeah, and you also don't have all those other things. Like yeah. the way I look matches the character. Mm-hmm. And the potential and the ability right. and the capacity, all of it. Um, what then? Like I don't know. And it's not getting it's better. It's not rhetorical. Like, I it's need not help. getting better this either because it's this or worse <clears throat> for the rest of our lives. Like you don't get better. It's not getting I'm 40, better. I'm 40. Didn't you say you went to the foot <laughs> you went to the foot doctor today, the dermatologist? I went well, yeah, not the podiatrist, but just a, a regular dermatologist. And um because I had to have the second round of freezing on a planter's wart on my heel. Yeah, that's and a I, very old sentence you yeah, just had. <laughs> First of all, dermatology, I don't know if we talked about this, but dermatology, to me, I think of like, yeah, it's an old person thing. Like, hey, is this an irregular mole? I had to ask her. On yeah, the one. I was like, okay? hey, this thing just showed up. The edges on this look weird, and I want to keep an eye on it. But really, dermatology, like, if you're a kid... The thing I think about is acne, but I don't have kids, so I don't know this, but I'm just trending this way and thinking, is acne better now? I remember kids being covered in acne when I was a kid, yeah. and you just accepted it, and now I just see boys. They have these clear, the clearest faces, most boys, and I'm thinking, what happened? What's going on? I think 
Did we fix acne? No. Oh, okay. I, I have found because you know. I'd be glad if we did. I'm not mad if I. I had to go through. It's like the student loan thing. I had to pay off my student loans. Everybody else should be in debt forever too. No, yeah. it's like listen. I had to have acne, but if you don't have to have acne, please don't have acne. It's awful. Yeah. Okay. I will say this too: the student loans they had to pay off are a lot more than the ones I had to pay. <laughs> That's true. I didn't have to. Yeah, loans, and a house but, cost five dollars right, or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> parents bought their house for you know twelve thousand yeah. dollars for real. Uh, no, I have found the middle schoolers, no, acne's not cured. I do think they have better treatments, and I think that the kids are are cleaner than you were. Uh, I think than they, just me in particular. Just you. Yeah, I don't know about everybody else, but, like, they bathed. They bathe daily. Okay. Uh, I know Sadie is, like— They're bathing daily now. Like, she knows products better than most adults. Like, she she understands skincare yeah. you know, in a way, like— I didn't. I don't think I. The idea of skincare for me as a teenager was. I mean, there was no concept. No, no, we didn't. Well, especially boys. Like, if somebody said to you, like, "Hey, uh, this is a moisturizer," you'd be like, "Get what? that away! What am I? What yeah. are you doing? Get that away from me!" Or like, even sunscreen felt like yeah. a bridge too didn't far. And you worked sunscreen. on a mower. You were on a weed eater. Did yeah. you get just like countless sunburns? Burns all the time. Yeah. Face. No. I mean, I wore a hat. Yeah, uh, and I had a. Full I remember being around you as a young twenty-something-year-old, and you're you always had a red nose, always. Oh yeah, from just being out weed eating on the weekends or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, you know, it- <laughs> <laughs> you could even say it glows if you wanted. To. <laughs> I was trying to get nobody. Somewhere. Nobody. Sorry, I have been gone. All of the other weed eaters used to laugh and call you. <laughs> <laughs> no. They really did, actually. I got picked on, um, but. No, it, 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 I think about, I don't think I really began to take note of the dangers of skincare until it was probably sixth grade, seventh grade. This feels like a skincare podcast now. <laughs> We've gotten into, talk about the dangers of skincare and your experiences. <laughs> I, 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 uh, so yeah, I went on a vacation with a friend. Yeah. And I remember these because this was during the Jordan Barkley NBA Finals. Okay. That'd be 94. I went with my friend Ben several times with his family. They were just fantastic. And we were like at Navarre Beach and and that sort of area. Uh And he and I would watch. We'd be there. It feels like we'd watch pretty much the entire NBA Finals. It happened like twice. It was always Jordan versus, you know, whomever. And I remember one of those trips, you know, I was, you know, I'm on my own. I'm out here, you know, I'm on this trip without my family and I'm with someone else. And I think that the mom had been like, you should probably put some sunscreen on. I got this. Like, I was just living life, man. Like, I'm going to experience the world and I have, and I think I I see that with teenagers. Like, I have the ability now to affect the world as me. Yeah. And to absorb the world for myself. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's going to be great. And you feel invincible. Yeah. It's going to be great. Like, I'm in charge. So you're like, what is sunscreen? It's like Tom Cruise riding his motorcycle without a helmet. Yeah. Chasing the plane on the runway. He's, like, trying to keep speed with it. And you're yeah. just like, where's his helmet? Put your helmet on. Put your helmet on, Tom Cruise. Because he's really doing that. But he couldn't. Yeah, but he, that would mess up the whole shot because, like, yeah, the whole point of it is he's a maverick. He's literally he's called literally- maverick. <laughs> like, mavericks don't wear helmets. I wonder if this is how they stumbled into the writing. Even in the plane, there are people who talk about that in the sequel where he keeps pulling off his mask. Yeah. And you can't do that. You'll pass out. Like he, he's in, he's, he's in like. in a real F-14. In a, you know, he's that. in a pressurized cabin. You can't just be like, I'm going to pull this off. But they needed to be able to see his face. Yeah. For the shot. Yeah. So, so he can show frustration or show. So he kept doing that. And people who are pilots are like, uh, yeah, this is where he would, his lungs would explode. Or I don't know what would happen. It's like, they're like giving the, yeah, they're giving their plane speak. I don't really know what happened. I don't know what happened, but it's not good. He would probably just like lose consciousness, I think. Uh, well, I think I maybe fell asleep or something on the beach one day. Yeah. Oh, no. That's and the worst. I had a shirt on, thank God. Yeah. But I had no so had lobster arms. Oh, the feet. <laughs> and it burned my feet yeah. to an absolute crisp. And for the rest of that, and it was like day one. Oh, no. And I had to spend that vacation with my friend and like, bro, I've had burnt feet probably, do you say burnt? You probably would just say burned. Burnt, burnt would be like, yeah, I think burnt of like is meat. Like, yeah, like I, I'm getting it's ribs. It's like hamburger. Yeah. <laughs> Bring me those burnt ends as the appetizer, yeah. which is now an appetizer, you by the way. burn, you badly burned. 
But it was a it was bad. Maybe burnt is like if something's dead and burned is if it's still alive. I don't know. I, I wonder that, what what do we do there? Did we just interesting? Did we just uh, bring up a little conundrum of the English language? We just searched the <sighs> you never know what we're etymological recesses of the podcasting universe. We did. Um, but then you're embarrassed. Yeah. But now, you can't put a shoe on it because it's just dude. You can't like if you ever had like it was it. swelling, like it was that kind of thing, like oozing, swelling, like it was bad, it was real bad. Man, and uh, but I had to spend the vacation trying not to look like a baby now because I was like, I am, I am man, and like now I'm a little kid. I want my mommy. Like yeah. this hurts so bad. Right, and there's and of course his mom was great, but and they're trying to embarrass you. Some aloe on it. Yeah, put some. But even then, it does nothing. Like a bad burn, you're going to be down for a week and a half yeah. at least. I mean, it's going to just hurt, and then it's going to peel. So after that, the one thing I do, and I just got back from the beach, and I apologize to our listeners. Yeah, tell me about your skincare regimen, John. Uh, we do, guys. <laughs> I moisturize every morning. Um, we, we, uh, missed a podcast or two in the last few months because I, you know, as you know, my health crisis, and if you haven't, yeah, you know, heard of that whole story, go, go back, back and listen to listen, talk about that podcast, hang up and listen.com. Yeah. And, but this time, uh, there was fall break and they moved fall break this year to 10 days instead of seven. Oh boy. This thing, this feels like you went from a health crisis to a wealth crisis. <laughs> I had to take 10 days. Because, I'll whoa, say this. Whoa, whoa. Since I took 10 days, I am in a wealth crisis. I'll oh, tell you that's that. true. Yeah, you, know you put I'm yourself saying. in a little hole. Because um, you can't eat at the beach. You know, right now, we all know about the inflation problem. Are you going to say, well, well, I can't just get groceries and put them in the condo? Well, we would eat sandwiches on the beach and stuff. Yeah. But no, Johnny. At night, we must have filet and lobster. Oh, right. <laughs> I, forgot. I forgot. It's a rule. But you can't. you yeah. can't go out to eat. At the beach for less than a hundred dollars. I mean, like it's because we had a friend with us part of the time, so it's four of us. Mm-hmm. That's only twenty five dollars a piece, Johnny. So if you get an appetizer or two, this is, <laughs> or maybe three. I will say this: I have not stepped on a scale. Before don't do it. No, don't do or it. After, uh, uh-uh, don't do but, it. But you know, I had been really good for about three months yeah. keto. And I did run out of the 10 days I ran like half the time. As you were doing it, you're preparing your mind for the gluttony that's coming. Yeah. Is that what you're saying? And gluttony did come. Oh, yeah. And it may or may not still be here. See, that's the hard part. It's like, look, we're just going to enjoy ourselves. And we did. We start off, like she brought a couple keto things we might have while we're down there. And by day 0.5, mm-hmm. it's like, nope. Because once you start, I mean, you know, like, nope, I'm having that bread. I'm having that fried seafood. Yeah, like, you're just, you're just going after it, you know. By the end of it, you're eating, you know, key lime pie out of a tin in the bed. <laughs> <laughs> it's 2 o'clock in the morning, you know. Oh, and it's, it's glorious. It's like Caligula in there. It's crazy. <laughs> I will say, Lauren and I have a – I don't think we came up with this or anything. Obviously, I believe the Hebrews did. Oh. Uh, or God did to the Hebrews, but there is a time for feasting and there's oh, a time boy. for fasting. Here we go. You know, so yeah, that sounds like something a really, you know, somebody that's just going to be really gluttonous says to justify. Somebody it. who was being gluttonous did say it and did justify it. <laughs> but I mean, guys, I, there's a time for feasting, and you're like, yeah, and this ain't it, okay? <laughs> but there's a time for fasting. <laughs> We're in an elevator. Put down. You have a turkey leg in each hand. Look, there's a time and a place for everything under heaven. And uh, could you hit floor four for me? This is that time. <laughs> I don't want to put down my sauces. <laughs> now, how does he have a turkey leg in both hands and sauces? He's That's holding that between his knees. <laughs> you're in While a seated, standing in an you're elevator? In a seated position. <laughs> He's holding one of those sets on the wall yeah. without a chair. Yeah. Um, I would say I probably gained 10 pounds. No. I'm not going to measure. John, you look great. I'm not going to weigh it. I could tell. I have two pairs of jeans yeah. that I wear, mm-hmm. and they're the ones that Laura, I'm going to use this term, encouraged me to buy yeah. before we went to New York last year for Good, <laughs> Good Morning fine. America. That's fine. So they're 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 nice jeans. Yeah, and but they're not the Costco jeans I normally get. No, you know what I'm saying. If one of them is, is Costco a brand. Costco, no, but they carry brands. Yeah, okay. Yeah, but you, they're not Costco brand jeans. No, be. they have. You got to buy like twelve pair. <laughs> <laughs> I bought a pallet of jeans, sweetheart. <laughs> <laughs> Hope these fit. <laughs> that's that's the beauty of Costco. You, yeah. have to, you don't get, have to try them on. Yeah. That's why I go to. That's why I buy my clothes. But at wait Costco. a minute, trying it on helps you because it gives you data that you need that says I don't. Oh, these are a little tight. I don't want 
to do that. You know what the beauty of it is? You yeah. come home and try them on. Okay. And if they don't fit, guess what you get to do? Go back to Costco. Because actually, it's the one place I like to go. Oh, right. For shopping. Get another $1.50 hot dog. Well, Now, all of a sudden, those pants are tight again. You cannot go to Costco. I call it the Costco toll. Yeah. Like, why don't you just go ahead and take $300 minimum for me when we walk in the door? Yeah. All right. So, finish your pants story, though. So, I have two pairs of pants. Yes. One's a little tighter than the other. I'll put it that way. <laughs> I only took the one that's snugger because when I took them, I lost about 20 pounds. Yeah. And I was doing pretty good, you know. By the end of the vacation, when I actually put on jeans right. to go out to a nicer restaurant at the uh-huh. end, I was like, wow, I chose poorly like, which <sighs> jeans I should have brought. So that's how I can tell. Oh, boy. But I did get some tan. And so if you're tan yeah. and you gain weight, it's better, right? I don't know. Here, So you want to hear my pants story? So not, not really. Okay, so <laughs> this is weird. And, and so we didn't. I held on so loosely to this trip to Cancun because the, the hurricane, the just the timing. Well, did of your it, pants hold on loosely to you? That's that, the well. That's the real question. So I really didn't even think about. I, th- I thought we're not going to go because we had to cancel it once already right. because Curry got COVID. So we already moved it again. And I was like, we're going to move this trip again. So literally, like the day before, I'm like, are we going to go? The weather was like, yeah, you were like right up. up to the to the edge. So I go, I think we're going. So. The flights were already in place and everything, but I was ready to pull the plug on it. And then I just threw a bunch of stuff in a suitcase, and we go. And now the last time we went, we stayed at a place where it was like they had like business casual was like the highest whatever. There were no restaurants in the resort that were like formal. Yeah. But I brought a suit coat anyway, and I got my black jeans. I'm like, we're good. Can you say business casual in Spanish? I cannot. Okay. Uh, but so I was like, all right, we're fine. And but I didn't bring like a suit with me. And so we get there, and like one of the restaurants at the resort. Well, this rest, this first of all, this resort's different than the one we stayed at before. It's very like, it's it's like very uh, luxurious. And so and they're like, well, they meet you at the door, and they're like, oh, welcome. And, but then after a while, I was like, hey, it might be cool to like going to town. Like we could take like a Uber into town because there was a bunch of stuff around the resort. And I, I realized like night one or two, I'm looking at the little card of all the restaurants. There's like five restaurants. And one of them is a French restaurant, which I don't care anything about. But Curry's like, we got to go to the French restaurant. And I go, oh. and it says formal. Mm. It says, you know, no jeans. I'm like, now I feel like a little kid. Yeah, I'm at prep school. I don't have the right shoes or whatever. Right. And I feel like I'm the poor kid. I'm like, I came here. It's very expensive. I just happen to not bring my slacks with me. I have money. I make money. Mm-hmm. But I have no slacks. So I'm like, and so I go, listen, it's fine. We'll just take one of these. We'll take an Uber to town tomorrow. I can see you walk in. It's like, hey, look at the new money. <laughs> <It is, laughs> yeah. Somebody's got slacks over here. <laughs> so I'm just feeling so stupid for not for packing in a hurry and not bringing them. So I'm like, all right, we'll take an Uber into town. We'll go get pants. I found they had a Walmart. I couldn't believe the Walmart in Kingston. They had a Walmart in Kingston. I go, fine, we'll go. So we take an Uber, and it's like 40 bucks round trip for this mm. dump to go get pants. For a person who has pants, but they're at home. So I'm already... You're going to Walmart, though. Yeah, so I'm like... To get fancy pants. To get pants that will get me through. Like, so you I can get my wife some, So I'm going to get my wife some French food. Oh, I'm trying to, no, you no, no, want no. to go to a fancy French restaurant, and yeah, so but where not, you go to fix the problem no. is a $40 Uber ride to a Walmart yes, in Cancun. but she needed other things, too. We needed things like... She needed some... I don't know what else she needed. She needed something for the bathroom or something. Anyway, like I some... I wasn't really paying attention. Yeah, some lotions or potions or goos that she gets. So I was like, all right, we'll go. We'll make a little kill two birds. Hello, folks. My name is Derek Greer, and I'm reaching out to fellow pastors and church leaders just like you to join me and other Christian leaders and organizations throughout the nation as we come together on June 8th and 9th for National Unity Weekend. Together, we will show the love of Jesus as we serve our communities on Saturday, June 8th, and then preach from a shared text on Sunday, June 9th. To register, go to unityweekend.com. That's unityweekend.com. Dot com to join us as we unite the church and unite the nation. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org slash impact. But the reason I didn't want to go to it, they had nice stores around. They had like, you know, a Brooks Brothers, but I'm not going to go buy a $150 pair of pants so I can have a French meal 
that I'm not going to like. You know, they're going to try to serve me snail so I can make my wife happy. And I've had to pay. You know what I'm saying? That's a lose-lose. Whatever experience you did have, you are ruining it for her right now. Yes. She thinks that it was the best meal ever. Like, no, let me she, eat snails to make No, no, no. Happy. It was actually very good. The meal was good. All the meals were no, good. Nice safe. But uh, there was one thing they gave us, though, and it was like, I said, this looks like, I said, I'm not even, it was like a little, like, what do they call it? Uh, a mousse-bouche. Yeah. So they're giving Perfect it to bite, us. Perfect bite, right? And I'm like, uh, it's a little pre-meal thing. And I'm like, I'm not. It was a little tiny look. Look at the whole ice cream cone thing. Yeah. And it's like this savory whatever. And I think she said later it was uh, goose liver. It's like foie gras. It's some kind of thing. She goes, you would not have liked I go, what was it? I gave her mine. She goes, it was a lot like cat food. And I go, okay. <laughs> so I made the right call. <laughs> so anyway. How did, okay. But anyway, so we're there. We're at Walmart. And they have these pants. And I'm, I'm assuming sizes. I'm like, I think there's no changing room. And I get these pants and there's no hem in the pants. They're just, they're just ragged at the bottom. And I think that's just what they do. Like you just hem them to whatever length you want. You mean so like there's just like string. They're just string the hanging off the bottom of these pants. And I'm like, this is already so good. Dude, I don't think that was a Walmart. I don't know where I was at. There's got to be a global standard here. On so there wasn't. And so I'm thinking, and I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to besmirch. Mexico's pants policies. I'm just saying these pants were not done. They were not completed. And I'm like, okay. But I knew they were long enough because they were like made extra long. So I was like, these actually might be 34s. They might be long enough. Because I have technically have a 36 inseam. I was like, these might be long enough to get through. I can put these pants on. What I got did you my- do? Like get safety pins? and No. I, you I just wore them with the threads no, hanging? No, worse than that. I get them back to the hotel. They're tight. Oh. They're like, I can fit in them. But it is a biscuit can situation. And I'm thinking, I'm not doing this. I'm not going to just like hold in my gut the whole meal to get through. So like at day four, by the time we went to the restaurant, I was noticing like other people going in. They had like black jeans on. Or I was noticing like some people who were wearing like suits, but they're wearing tennis shoes with them because uh-huh. that's the way people do it now. They're like, oh, these are my suit shoes. And you're like, yeah. those are Adidas. Yeah. So I was like, I can get through. So I put on my dark black jeans, black uh, dress shirt, black coat. So I had like the full on Johnny Cash look. And we went, we ate our French food. Nobody said a word to well, me. Well, a coat fixes everything. And then at the end, it does. That's what I felt. And so by the end, I had these Walmart slacks just sitting on the dresser folded neatly. And Kurt goes, what are you going to do with those? I go, there's no reason to bring them home. These are not. And they're very <laughs> stiff too and starchy. They were just not. Well, you could get great. back in the Uber. And to go take them back right. with my receipt and get my 200 pesos back. So say refund in pesos. I decided to leave them there. You donated them. I donated those. I paid it forward. Somebody out there. was well, Someone out there came in the room and was like, these are the ugliest pants I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. And I see why. They chased me down. <laughs> Do not leave Senor, this Senor, your pants! <laughs> it was weird, though. Even when they went, even when they came to me in the lobby... We were we were waiting for the Uber and they come over like there's people there's concierge people and guest yeah. relations people and they come over and they kind of go because you're waiting in the area this gigantic lobby but you don't really wait there unless you're checking in so when you're waiting there they come over and they go um, can we help you and I go I'm wait we're waiting on an Uber and they go where are you taking an Uber and I go we're going into town we're going to Walmart and they go what are you getting it's like they kept questioning me. Uh-huh. And it made me feel like very self like they were like, why would you leave? Why would you leave this? And it felt so odd. So I told them and then they were like, no, you, these are, what you have is fine. And I was like, well, I just don't want to make a big thing. I don't want to like be stopped at the door. Yeah, they weren't going to have to you. go back to my broom and yeah. wait. My wife goes, I'm going to have French food and you're going <laughs> to, <laughs> you're going to get to sit pants. alone in the hot tub. <laughs> So anyway, it was weird, but that was the only like awkward, but again, you feel like a little kid. You're like, I didn't bring the right pants, I guess. You just feel stupid, but it happens. Isn't it funny how, how shame brings you back to another age so quickly? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, there, there is a, I know in the therapy world, that's a real thing. I mean, like that there's generally a point of shame if it's a repetitive feeling of yours comes back to something yeah some some place inside of you where you were in age and usually i know my friend says between 8 and 12 yeah somewhere in there 8 and 12 which is i would i would go as high to me it's more like 9 and 15 yeah like doing <laughs> the know? wrong thing socially is a big uh trigger thing like um 
My brother used to always say that. He would see something crazy in a restaurant. And he'd be like, you've got to look at this. Look at this. And I couldn't just jerk my head around and stare. Because yeah. I'm afraid the person's going to be looking right at me. Yeah. So maybe that's just I'm more polite than my brother. We could say that. <laughs> but, but there's a thing of I don't want to be breaking some weird social construct. Right. Like if you sneak down to the better seats halfway through the show because you can, right. because nobody showed up for that, those seats. You're always afraid the usher is, and you feel like a kid. Like if you get told, go back to your crappy seats, yeah, you feel like a 12-year-old again. We watched a grandmother and two, I guess probably 12-year-old, look like grandchildren with her at the St. Louis game, the one where we watched Pujols hit three, sorry, hit, was it 696, I think. Okay, so he wasn't at 700 he yet. He wasn't at 700 yet. And he won the game, basically. Yeah, I remember this. We talked about this. But we watched that happen. Mm -hmm. And the grandmother seemed like, oh, no big deal. They came and got her. Or or they didn't come and get her. Not the ushers, but someone came for their seats. Oh, yeah. And she had intentionally tried to get to better seats. But before the game really started. Right. Which, you don't do that. You wait. And we were down, you know, close. But, yeah, there's that feeling of, I wish I was a person like her who wasn't embarrassed by that. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like that's the thing for me. I'd be like, I'd never right. do that because it breaks some sort of rule, mm-hmm. and now I'm exposed as not knowing what to do or not having. Yeah, I get embarrassed on behalf of other people. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, you and I both do. Like that. I'll try to cover for them to make it easier for them to not have as embarrassing a moment. Yeah. I don't I, know. I look at people who don't get embarrassed easily. You know, Laura is one of those people. She's she's a two, which means she's a helper, which means I mean like she's she's everybody's person when they need something. Uh-huh. Um and we used to get in arguments early in marriage. Uh because like and you were around for all of this, because I know you longer than her. You were a youth leader. She also was more likely in those days, way she doesn't do that anymore, but she would just say it's when her eight part comes out, <clears throat> we would be we would just have an she would just kinda Something, you know, that goes wrong. Yeah. And she'd be mad at me and say something to me in front of all y'all, all the youth leaders or something. Oh, right. And I'd be like, to me, that is the worst case yeah. scenario. Like, yeah. the issue was really small, and she and I have always argued well. Yeah. I don't have a problem with arguing. I, yeah. I preferred it. We but you're afraid to. to have a public argument because you're afraid, like, now every every concurrent scene is viewed with that lens from the other people who saw that. I don't know if I ever worried about that it made, and that's what that's what always makes. I, mean, I bet listeners could probably identify with this because I hear this a lot when we do, you know, any sort of marriage thing. Um, I would be like, "Hey, don't don't talk to me like that in front of everybody." Yeah, that's kind of the gist of it, you know. And she'd be like, "You care too much what people think," you know. Yeah. And that's the worst thing to say to somebody like me. Right. Now I'm really mad. And yeah, it's no yeah, longer yeah. over the issue. Yeah. <laughs> it's I don't even remember what the issue is. Now, Everybody cares what people think though. That's the truth of it. But it makes it's like now I was ashamed in the first place. And yeah. she wasn't trying to shame. That's yeah. what we had to learn over the years. Like but I was like and you don't? Yeah, that's the thing. Like yeah. you don't have any and of course we all do. And so I was being too sensitive and she was being too strong. That's what, you know, we, we learned. All right. There's you know, a balance to be as, struck. As you go with that. I also learned that it's good. Now she shames you in private. Right. That's great. Only in private. Does she, that is such growth. But I, but I actually came to the place where, hey, it's okay for Laura not to disagree in front of people yeah. to a limit. Actually, it's probably healthy, especially for the kids around us to know like, hey, real, real right. marriages have. Well, that thing know, of embarrassment, I notice all my friends with kids. Because I've seen them have kids, and I noticed that it does peel away some of that idea of embarrassment in public. It's just going to happen. Kids are going to run around crazy in a restaurant. Yeah, They're going to melt down in church. And you have to let that part of yourself go that is too precious about that. We never – we probably could have done better. We were never the people for whatever reason. Like we didn't take Sadie to a restaurant till she was able to sit through a meal. Yeah. When she was real little, you put them in a car. I mean, like newborns, like carrying a suitcase. I remember her saying time. that one time. I remember Laura saying that, like, we're not going to do this to the other people in the restaurant. We, I don't it's know not why fair to them. We had just for years been around kids and people. Yeah. And it was. I want to say I appreciate it. It was going to. It wasn't about ruining just <laughs> no. their time. It was a. Yeah. This will. 
we will not, and I think that's the helper in Laura. Yeah. You know, and then the loyalist in me is like, I'm not going to be content if I'm making everyone else's experience miserable, even if they don't say anything. Right. I'm going to have a tr- now. If I have no choice, we're on an airplane or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it that's is. fine. But if I have a choice, I'm yeah. going to make a choice to make this. Right. You know, so easier. for the first five years, you fed her through a hole in the door, and it that's was, you, that's a policy. What? I'm not. It's not for everybody. It's not. But that's how you raise your daughter. It's and I stand by the. The results are there. I mean, I mean, she's doing great. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I don't know where that. I don't know. I don't know where that. Like, I do think just getting older, maybe, maybe not just having kids. Yeah, yeah. There is a sense of like I, it's so funny with Sadie. Like, I remember being this way as a kid. Um, if we have to have a real conversation, she's worried about who's listening. Oh yeah. You know, uh-huh. could, I'd be that. I'm that way. Could be on a beach in front of you know. There's two thousand people, and there's radios going and conversations going everywhere. And yeah, and, and it's you know she's looking around, and it's like. And I did. I actually told her on the beach one day, like, "Hey, I remember being a kid and feeling this way, but nobody's listening. And yeah, nobody cares. Right? People I'm, care about themselves. They don't right. care about your story. I mean, unless we're just making a huge scene or something. Yeah. But, as loud as I might raise my voice, I don't have a very loud voice. You know, like, yeah. you know, we're not going to have a freak out. Do you eavesdrop? Do you ever eavesdrop? Uh, if you're loud enough for me to eavesdrop, then yeah, yeah. Like that, that does to me. Like we had, it was funny. Curry's we, a big time eavesdropper in restaurants. She loves it. Like, well, I know it's like she'll get quiet. And I'll be talking, and then she'll just get. She'll be talking back and forth with me, and then she'll get quiet, and I'll be like. Oh, she's listening, she's listening to the booth behind us because she'll get a smirk on her face like, these people. <laughs> and she'll just be so entertained by it. I do get entertained if it's – Laura and I have a whole unspoken – like we can we can speak yeah. many sentences just with our eyes, you know, of what's going on around us. That's beautiful. Us. Guys. <laughs> it does sound kind of poetic, doesn't it? It does, except it's like <laughs> you're crapping on other people with your eyes. <laughs> <laughs> we can we can speak with our eyes. What are you speaking? I don't know. Sarcastic stuff about other people. That guy's an idiot. <laughs> what a jerk! Can you believe this guy? <clears throat> I love you so much. <laughs> we speak that too. Yeah, but no, it's it's a. It, I think you just. I do get embarrassed for others. She yeah. doesn't, but I do. I'll get embarrassed for them. Like man, that's a. We also listen for accents. That's the other big thing. Um, when a, when you're a southerner. And you're still in the South, and there is a glaring. I'm not going to say. And, and, and by the way, Laura's reading a fascinating book right now. Um, and it's, I think I just said Laura. It's Laura. She hates Laura. I never say that. I didn't mean to. It was a. I have a little fever blister from the sun. So sorry, honey. Oh my gosh. Uh, yeah. My, my words were slurred. <laughs> Laura. He had his calf or his uh, foot frozen today. Oh boy, I did. And, yeah. And so, um, <laughs> as it were, uh, it's not a euphemism for anything. Um, and if you're in the South and you hear you know, what the book she's reading is about, it's called American Nations. Mm-hmm. And it's like the actual history. And it, it divides up the country into regions that we don't name. Yeah. Like instead of just saying, oh, it's North and South and it's, uh, you know, Mason Dixon line, all that. Like actually, there's all kinds of other things going on. Super, super right. fascinating. There's layers. Within that, if you hear certain, I, again, I don't want to offend any listeners, so oh, I'm going to be boy. careful here. Here we go. But you hear an accent that is obviously not anywhere near the South. Yeah. And possibly not even the Midwest. Like we're, we're going into other areas. That's when Laura and I will look at each other. Like, yeah. Because it's just fascinating to us. Like a Boston accent. New York like, accent, yeah, and and if it's super loud, yeah, and like it's just like it's a cultural thing to go. You you rarely hear. Now I will hear some Alabama friends. There is a distinctive Alabama accent. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, my Alabama friends will th- say things like, "Carry me on up to the Walmart." Yeah, like we would never say that in Tennessee. We'd say, "Take me to the Walmart." Yeah, right. Um, or tote me. You tote me over to. <laughs> I've had people say tote me before. Did they say tote Oh, me? yeah, tote. I don't think it's an Alabama thing, but I've heard tote. Carry me, though, is a Maybe thing. that's an Appalachian I, 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 thing. I carried him over to the school. Like, that's, mm-hmm. that's a real Alabama thing. I've heard people say in the South, you know, like, I've I seen you. you know, yeah. I've seen you on TV, you know, kind of thing. They leave off the, the – so – but there are – Laura and I will notice when the accents are not what we're used to. Like, I can handle – Well, they notice us, too, believe me. No. 
We don't have accents. We get, we get noticed. <laughs> yeah. I think my accent, I don't know, I think I've, I, I've, I've been told before that I don't have a strong Southern accent, but I definitely, when I do my show, I think I pour it on a little thicker, and I think I can vary the intensity depending on the audience. See, what you can I, tell if they're really, really, they, whatever they need, I think. I don't know what it is. I don't know why I'm doing it. Maybe it's my own self-consciousness doing it, but I think I definitely, a Southern accent can be funny yeah. in a joke, and so sometimes you can just throttle it up a little bit if it feels... You do, you do, especially yeah. when you go into... You go into a character. You don't do a lot of characters. Yeah. But you do have, like, reactive characters. Yeah. Like, you'll be... It's not a person you've named, mm-hmm. but it's a... Even when you do your accent it's joke. It's an untold your Appalachian person. so precious. You do that, right. and you, you do another voice, you know? Right. <clears throat> but I've noticed that your professional accent is different than your performing accent. Interesting. Like, your voicemail is very... Like, you sound like you could be on the news. Oh, yeah. There's no accent there. You're like... Well, that's just me being self-conscious, Hey, this probably. is Johnny. Like, it's a real... Everything's wide open and not Southern, you know? Oh, wow. And it's very like, oh, okay, he's 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 a, a, com- he's a comic for the whole nation, is what I... Every um, time I hear your voicemail, which is a lot, because you, you know, filter my calls, but every time, yeah. there's like, man, this guy really... He really is taking the world Who's by listening storm. to voicemails anymore? Are people leaving voicemails? No, I never leave you a voicemail. Yeah. There's no reason Occasionally, anymore. but very rare. I'll just hear it, but... You don't. You would never say, "Hey, this is John." Like you, you're 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 more open, and I'm yeah. impressed. It's not a bad. Hey, thing. can I say something no. about phone etiquette that sure. we need to move on from? I, this is not a pet peeve. It's just one of those things. Like I noticed about myself. Is this like correcting me with etiquette? It's correcting the world, but a me in it. We know who's calling now. Okay. Right. So when you pick up the phone, if it says Johnny is calling, yeah, just go, "Hey, man." There's a. There's a point zero 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 one percent chance that someone has taken my phone and called you. But everybody else, every other percentage, every other option is going to be me. So don't pick up the phone when I call you and go, hello? Stop saying hello. It's me. There's no need to say hello. Just talk. Just start talking to Johnny. You see what I'm saying? Because that happened to me. Like, uh, there's a friend of mine. He called me and I go, hello? He goes, do you have caller ID? I go, he goes, it's me. What are you doing? And I realized he's right. We all still say hello like we're picking up a handset in the 1950s with the curly cord. We know who it is. This is a strange thing to be up in arms about. I'm not up in arms, but I just think it's interesting that we still do the unnecessary. We're still, we're still saying, extra. it's like when somebody calls a radio show and they go, you're on. And they go, hello? Can you guys hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. How you guys doing? We're good. Yeah. Uh, the reason I was calling, you just wasted so much time. Yeah. People are driving off into guardrails. Just go, I hate the Lakers. But whatever <laughs> you want to talk about. Don't call a sports talk show and ask how they're doing. Yeah. It's totally wasted space. So don't say hello. Listen, if somebody, listen, if I call you today, anybody listening to this show, if I call you from now on and you say hello, <laughs> I'm hanging up the phone. I'm over it. I'm tired of it. You heard it here, folks. <clears throat> Johnny's changing the world. One say hello call if I time. walk up to you. Hello. But, I'm not going to say that if you man, walk up to right. me. That's right. You don't even do it then. I do say, hey, bro. There you go. But it was the difference? Say the thing that like we would say to each other. If we were really talking. Yes. Yeah. Don't say hello like you. Like, like you walk up this and I go, might be a, I hate the Lakers. When you say hello, you're going, this might be a bill collector. No, you know who it is. <laughs> now, there is a chance that they didn't look at the caller ID. Sometimes... It's, That's it's a, rare. Come on, man. And in the professional we're world. We're trying to move on as a culture, and you won't let us. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not really a, upset, but I'm sort of upset. That's a, <laughs> it's just a little bit. Yeah. That's interesting. Um, there is such thing as etiquette, though. Like yeah, but I think that's like, world, a, that's like an old etiquette that's like retained, but it's like um, we don't need it anymore. Yeah, but you don't get to decide yeah, but I think it'll part. it'll work its way out. Like I think eventually it'll. It's like people don't leave voicemails anymore; they just text you. Yeah. Like eventually, people are going to stop saying hello when they pick up the phone, and I want to be the person that helps push it ever forward. Yeah, John. out of all the things you could push forward, this There's is a, what you chose. I want. Like, I want to push other we things. We need forward you in to. some other areas. Do you think? Yeah. I don't feel. <laughs> I, don't I don't feel very needed. <laughs> I feel very unnecessary these days. That's interesting. I haven't really thought about it. I know Laura because she's on professional calls. 
yeah. all day. She will say, this is Laura, you know, when she answers. Hello, that's this okay. Is Laura, you know? This is Laura. Hey, that's okay. You know, but. And I imagine she probably knows who it is when she calls, but there's still a professional. But she wouldn't say this is Laura if she knew it was you. No, that'd be weird. She'd be like. Actually, sometimes she does. She might it. say, hey, sweetie. But like, what are the odds that it's going to be like, this is, I found John's phone. Uh. <laughs> You don't you feel stupid? This isn't John at all. Like that's really the scenario that you're when you say hello. Think. When you say hello to a friend who's called you and you see their name on the screen, that's the scenario you're imagining. What if it's not but John? See, I could see a whole backlash to this. Yeah, of a society that already has lost so much of its. I'm not courteous. saying. I'm not saying don't greet them. I'm saying greet them in a friendly way that you would already like. If I saw you on the street, don't greet me with a hello like it could be. But let's be you honest, know, Discover Johnny, card calling for your payment. We live in a town where we're never going to see each other in the streets. Like this is New York. We're <sighs> driving around Mount Juliet, just going from restaurant to restaurant and Walmart yeah. to Academy Sports. Yeah. That whole to buy was, slacks, you got a hem. What am I going to see you on the streets at all? The streets of Mount Juliet, or the street? Listen, I don't like that expression. The and I, I would kindly ask you to stop using it from the streets or on the streets. Or on the now, streets. Now, when you're in New York, yeah, absolutely, my. And really, even then, you're in the sidewalk. You're not on the street. Yeah, uh, if you're in the street in New York, That's you're bad. already in trouble. You're getting honked at, right? I wonder if they say hello in New York. They don't. Um, I just <laughs> honking is their hello. <laughs> I did hear someone honk the other day. Because we were in Florida driving around, and you could tell, because most, all of us there are not from Florida yeah. for the most part. And I could tell who was from, like. Oh, yeah, people that move there for the warm winters and stuff. And they're like honking. And the rest of the Southerners are like, we don't, we only honk when there's a major emergency. Right. We don't do this here. Like, if I honk at you, like, it took a lot. I'm almost, you're almost about to hit my car if right. I honked at you. Yeah, I only used the horn like I did it yesterday. Someone came over into my lane, mm-hmm. and it was a very polite honk. Like it was a real quick one. <laughs> you know, it wasn't like, and if I lay on it, I'm mad. Like, now you right. put my family in danger, and I'm letting you have it. But, huh. um, <laughs> <laughs> horn I think etiquette. I, when I call you, that's what I want you to say from now on. When I call you, I want you to pick up and go, you've put my family in danger, <laughs> and I'm letting you have it. <laughs> I have a certain set of skills. <laughs> <laughs> our texting and calling, our texting especially, it's always funny. You, you rarely ever get me anymore. Yeah. But there, there are times you just drop absurd. Yeah. Like I'll ask, hey, man, we're meeting at nine. <laughs> and immediately you'll fire back with something. And I'm not going to say what it is. <laughs> which is something completely absurd. Um, and I laugh hard. Like, it's, it's always a surprise. Well, it's, I've told you about the time when I... This was like, I'd been doing comedy a year and a half or something, and I did this show in uh, on New Year's Eve, and it was in Wichita, Kansas, and the guy goes, hey, it's at midnight tonight, it's the big show, or it's like 11 or something, and then we'll have the countdown and we'll watch the ball drop with this comedy show. I go, cool. So I get there early in the day, so now I have this time to kill. So I go to sleep. I just take a nap in the hotel. And he goes, we'll send some guy to pick you up, which I never did. I don't do that now. I just rent a car because right. it's just you never know what you're going to get. But but back then I was like, sure, a free ride. I was only making a few hundred bucks. I was like, this will help me have a better profit margin. This guy called. He texts me and he goes, uh, there'll be a car to come get you. I can't come get you. I'm stuck here at the event. He was like one of the pastors. But I'll send him to get you. Uh, he'll be driving a maroon uh, Crown Victoria. And I said... I text. I'm half asleep because I just woke up from my nap. So I just saw this text, and I text him back, "Cool, no cops, or I kill a hostage." Because <laughs> it's just so funny to say like he'll be driving or whatever. It's like he'll be wearing a red carnation or whatever. <laughs> and he did not respond. <laughs> and now I'm like, oh no, I've got to do a oh, show no. for this person. He's offended. Uh huh. And I'm like freaking out. <clears throat> wow. You know, because I mean, again, so that social cue of the, being right. a kid, I, I meet like, oh, I've gone too I've far. Gone too now far. I'll never have any friends or whatever. <laughs> and I'm freaking out. So I go to the show and he's there and I, and I go and I'm like watching for any social cues of like, uh-huh. is he mad? Is he like a little bit perturbed at my, he goes, hey man, they want to do a quick sound check and then we ready to go. And I go, cool, cool, cool. And then I did the sh- I didn't say anything. <laughs> well, I, I did the show. It. I was trying to wait till after <clears throat> I had done well at the show and the show went really well. Thank God. And then yeah. I got done. And so then I go. He goes, man, what a great job. And I go, hey, I texted you earlier. Did you get my text? He goes, oh, yeah, yeah, I got it. I go, well, you didn't respond. And I just thought, did I upset him? He goes, no, 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 no. I was just real busy. And I was like, oh, okay. So I was like, okay, well, that's all right. And, John, I did it again. I did it like two years later. To the same to guy? A, no, to another person. I thought, 
okay, I want to try it out again. <laughs> I want to take this joke for a test drive. Again, the person did not respond. Oh. So this joke's over too, basically. Don't do it. Don't just listen. It's always too Don't soon. threaten to kill a hostage in a text message, even if you're kidding. <laughs> Guys, if you're not kidding, just don't do it. That's a bad life. Right. Don't be killing hostages. Right. Don't but even, even if them. you're kidding and it's obvious you're kidding, it's a weird text. Right. <laughs> To a stranger. Johnny has yet to send this to someone who's not a stranger. That's the other part that you would think did not happen. Yeah. I mean – When you call my cell phone now, if I know it's you, I'm going to answer with that instead of hello. I'm going to be like, no cops right (laughs) here. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. And you know what, listener? We'd love to hear from you as well. We feel like we've held you hostage for the last (laughs) 45-plus minutes, and we're sorry. But you, uh, if you enjoyed your time in captivity, you could always go to our website. Talkaboutthatpodcast.com. Over 200 archived episodes for your listing enjoyment. You can yeah. even go to click on our Patreon page there. Our link trees are there if you want to click in. Patreon, kick in a few shekels. We'd appreciate that. That helps us make more content, buy new gear and all that good stuff. Uh, and uh, we have cool, a cool announcement coming up Yeah, uh, in that uh, world. Yeah, uh, we feel like the audience is getting ready to just explode here soon. We hope we, we're pensive. Yeah. We're not trying to be. No, you know we know who we are. Our expectations. And we know are, who we're not, John. That, I don't think we know who we're not. Oh. That's the problem. Anyway, if you're out there and you want to do that, that's great. If you don't, listen. Continue mooching off the show. We don't care. It no. doesn't bother us. Not but at we all. do. We wouldn't even mention it. We do appreciate our patrons, and we're working on some new things for our patrons. Actually, we're working on some special benefits for them. So if, that, if you want to yeah. be in that number. When the Saints go marching in, yeah, go ahead and click in there. But also, uh, you can click on our link trees, find all of our cool links, follow me on social media, follow John, and learn about all of his new book projects coming out. You just had a book drop this week, you said. Uh, yeah, so new book a couple weeks ago, More Than Your Number by yes. uh, Beth and Jeff McCord. Great, great book. Uh, go check it out. It's an Enneagram book, but it's for those who maybe are curious about the Enneagram or even skeptical, <clears throat> some might say. Go check it out. And then a new book dropped today called... Uh, Born for Rescue by Pat Bradley. Amazing. Some of the most amazing stories I've ever had the honor of helping to write of his just journey around the world. He runs an organization called Crisis Aid. Mm-hmm. They're like the first on the ground often in major world crises, whether it's natural disaster or war. Uh, just a lot of amazing stories. Excited to see that book come out. So that's called Born for Rescue. Uh, you can get it on Amazon. It dropped today. Nice. <clears throat> when I say go today, do, actually, this this will be airing later. So yeah, go do that. No, actually, this will be today. today. So go do that and uh, leave a review. That yeah. helps other people find it and all that good stuff. Yeah, absolutely, guys. We appreciate the time you gave to us today. It was so much fun. Glad to be back with you. We'll see you again next week on Talk About That. Life Audio presents Bridges with Monica Schmelter. That we have an enduring hope that can't be taken away when we are in Christ. And to know that we have that, right? And eternal salvation, because this world can be so busy and so dark that we can forget that. Right. Right? Because sometimes I get caught in the trappings of what's going on in my life this moment. And while I have to recognize that, that's not it. Continue listening on lifeaudio.com or wherever you find your podcast.